uh, we started a series of messages on choices. And I introduced you to uh, the old possum, George Jones. And some of you thought I was kind of nuts to play a song about a guy that is, uh, sings a lot about drinking and hard living and knows of which he uh, writes and sings about. But the song that he recorded uh, in early 1990s, uh, straight from Deuteronomy chapter 30. And before we go to that passage of Scripture, can we have one more encore performance? Just, just a little bit of uh, choices, please. And we've said several times that we don't uh, think that George knew that was straight from Deuteronomy chapter 30, but that's where we anchored this passage of Scripture. And if you have your Bible, would you go there one more time to a passage of Scripture where Moses is speaking to the people of Israel, close to the time that he knows that uh, he's going to die, and he gives them something of his farewell address. And in Deuteronomy chapter 30, at the end of Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, Moses, now speaking the words of the Lord, that's awfully important to know. This is not a man speaking. God spoke in the Old Testament through prophets, did not have the written word at that time. And God, speaking through his prophet, through his mouthpiece, Moses, says, This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now, choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Choose life. Choose life. And in the past 12 weeks, we've been talking about life-giving choices. We've been talking about choices that bring life to you and bring life to me. We, we talked last week about the, the choice uh, of connecting and how when we live in isolation and we don't live connected to other people, that it's not good, God said in Genesis chapter 2. The choice to connect is a life-giving choice. We, we talked about the choice not to believe in God, but the choice to believe in him to take him at his word to stand on his promises to believe what he said to walk by faith not just to, to believe that there is a god but to believe him and to take him at his word it's a life giving choice we we talked about the choice to forgive and as as one lady after the first service uh, told me the, how life-giving it was for her. She said, I, I decided a long time ago not to allow someone else's sin to become sin for me, to, to, to allow someone else's sin to make me bitter and to make me uh, unforgiving and to make me sour in my spirit. That was a life-giving choice for her. And that would be a life-giving choice for any of us as we choose to forgive. We, 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 we talked about choosing to be real well, how hard it is to be fake. How hard it is to be able to put on a show. How, how hard it is to, to try to be someone that I'm not. And we, talk, we, talk, we talked in, 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 that, in that message that it's a life-giving choice, a life-giving choice to lose my need to pretend. And let's all admit it, we have a need to pretend. And we try to walk a better game 
then we actually we try to talk a better game than we actually walk many times and God can be able to deal with us only when we lose our need to pretend and get open and honest with him and many times that happens with connection in the church as we as we as we we drop that 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 cloak of uh, of trying to be someone else that I'm not and I lose my need to pretend and that's hard that's hard it's hard for some of you that, 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 that are 40 and 50 and 60 years old and have been in church, church a long time ago and you've never submitted yourself to the baptismal waters. It's hard to, to admit that you've never done that because you think everybody thinks that you have and for some reason that you haven't and you need to lose that need to pretend and you need to get real and allow God to be able to work with you and through you on that. I, I, I talked about how our preference is for immersion, but if there is someone that cannot for physical reasons to be able to get down in that baptismal tank uh, we will baptize you in another I saw one time at a Baptist church this poor little lady was in a wheelchair and they carried her up it was like it was the, you know you've seen churches have baptismals up there they carried her up there and, 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 and made her go into that baptismal tank because of their having to immerse and we don't have to be that firm on that if you have not been baptized, would you just get real about that and not care what anybody else says about that? Even though you may have been a Christian for 50 years, would you submit yourself to the baptismal water? And would you choose to be real? We talked about choosing to guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. We talked about choosing to be able to have the spouse of your dreams, and the way you choose to have the spouse of your dreams is to be the spouse that your spouse always dreamed of. <laughs> it's not brain surgery. We talked about choosing family and how choosing family is a life-giving choice. We spent two messages on the tongue. We spent two messages on the tongue. The Bible says that tongue is the power of life and death. Tongue is the power of life and death. He said to choose to love God, to see yourself in a love relationship with him, not just a, a, a relationship that's based on duty and based on servitude and, and a love relationship with a father. And you're his child, and he's your father, and that's the type of relationship he's looking for. We, we've talked all the way through about life-giving choices, and we could continue to talk, but we have to stop somewhere. And we need to talk today about the prerequisite for all those other choices. That we not only need to be able to choose life, but as I said earlier, we need to be able to choose the life giver. To be able to choose the one who gives you life. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Jesus said, Jesus said something very odd in John, I think, 10, chapter 10, I think. He, he said, to a, to a bunch of people who were alive, he says, I have come that you might live. Now, what an odd thing that is to say. To all you people who are living, Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and that you would have it more abundantly. Jesus is the life giver. And, all, and a series of messages on all the life-giving choices that we need to be able to make without being able to talk about that 
first, that foundational choice, that choice that all the other choices are built on would be inadequate because we have to be able to choose Jesus. Friends, this thing is lock, stock, and barrel about the person of Jesus Christ. If Jesus was not who he said he was, we might as well eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. If Jesus was not who he said he was, then we might, when we have the biggest fraud that's ever been perpetrated upon the human race. This thing is all about the person of Jesus Christ. And so today as we close, I'm asking you, young or old, Christian or non-Christian here today, I'm asking you, chose Christ. You've chosen Christ. Will you choose Christ today? Apostle Paul talks a lot about that in many, many places. But in one place he talks about that is in Philippians chapter 3. If you have your Bible, would you open it to Philippians chapter 3? Philippians is one of those hard little books of the Bible to be able to find. Okay? If you go to First and Second Thessalonians and First and Second Timothy, you need to go back to the middle of the Bible. If you're in Romans or First Second Corinthians, you need to go back toward the end a little bit. And you'll find these, these, these little letters, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. George eats popcorn. <laughs> However you've got to do to be able to remember that. General Electric Power Company. Whatever you've got to be able to do. And you, you find a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the first church he ever planted. Church that met in a town called Philippi. And people who lived in a town called Philippi were called Philippians. And that's why we have the book of Philippians. It was simply a letter that Paul wrote back to a church that he started long ago. As he's gone off to plant another church somewhere, he's writing a letter back to encourage them. And he starts out with a word that doesn't look very encouraging, does it? <laughs> he says, watch out for those dogs. And he's not talking about that little beagle in your house, okay? He says, watch out for those dogs, those men who do evil those mutilators of the flesh. And what the apostle is referring to here, he's been preaching faith in Christ and faith in Christ saves. But there, there came some people that, that were called Judaizers, people of the circumcision that says, it's okay to believe in Jesus, but we've got to do just as what we've always done since Genesis chapter 17 when we've had the covenant of circumcision where God said that, that all males would be circumcised and that would be a sign of the covenant that God was made with his people Israel. It's great to have Jesus, but you're not going to be a person of God unless you have been circumcised and Paul has strong words for these people. Paul is not trying to be politically correct. He's not trying to win friends. He talks these, about, to these people who are trying to add something to the faith, who are trying to add something to Jesus, who are trying to add something to Jesus' death. He calls them dogs. He calls them men who do evil. And he calls them you're doing nothing but mutilating the flesh. Romans chapter 2, he said, it's not, the, it's not the circumcision of the flesh that we want. It's a circumcision of the heart. That's what we're talking about here, man. And Paul pulls no punches here. And he says, and he, and he says beware. Beware of these people that are telling you that Jesus didn't pay it all. Beware of these people that are trying to add something to Jesus Christ. Next verse, please. For it is we who are the circumcision... 
You want a little three-point sermon right here. If you ever need to give a devotion or something, here it is. It's a good little definition of a Christian. For it is we who are the circumcision, one, who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. It's the most little succinct definition that we have of a Christian in all of God's Word. He says not, it's not people who are of, who, of the circumcision who have just been circumcised of the, of the flesh. It's we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God. It's not about, it's not about modes of worship. It's not about methods of worship. It, it, it's, it's about how you worship. It's about if you worship by the Spirit of God. It's not if, if you have organ or if you, if, if you have a piano, if you have guitars, or, or if you just sing without any musical instruments at all. It's not about if you stand up or if, if, if you raise your hands or if you clap or you don't clap. It's not about any of that. It's about do you worship by the Spirit of God? Do you worship by the Spirit of God? Do you worship by the Spirit of God? And you can sing straight hymns and worship by the Spirit of God. And you can be able to sing, be able to have contemporary or traditional or anything between and be worshiping by the Spirit of God. It's not the methods. It's not the methods. It's worshiping, as, as John told us, in spirit and in truth. The method of worshiping is you choose by who you're trying to reach, man. If, if we're reaching a whole bunch of, trying to reach a whole bunch of people that like polka music, that's what we'd be singing up here. We'd be singing polka music all the time. Because it's not, it's not about me and it's not about my preference. It's just music. I've never been in a worship service of any kind, whether extremely, extremely formal or extremely, extremely casual. Nothing but, nothing but an organ or whether they were just rocking and rolling that I wasn't able to get something out of it if I went there to get something out of it. So we who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus, that glory is the word boast, who boast in Christ Jesus, know that this thing is about Jesus and about nothing else. This thing is about what he has done for us. It's what he has done for us. You know, we, had, we were uh, singing the song, Give Me Jesus, and, and on the screen we had the picture of the cross. You know what? You know what? You know what? It is not about the cross. It's about the person that died on the cross. Without the person that died on the cross, the cross is nothing but an instrument of death. We had, we had three crosses that day. Those other two crosses didn't do anything for us. It's about the person that died on the cross. And it's great to bring a song about the old rugged cross, but don't forget, it's not about the cross. It's about the person that died on the cross. I could have died on the cross for you, and it wouldn't have mattered, mattered at all to you. It's about the person who died on the cross, and we boast in Christ Jesus. And I put no confidence. I put no confidence in anything that I can be able to do to appease a holy and righteous God. I put absolutely no confidence in anything that I can be able to do of my own flesh, of my own strength, of works of the law, or however you want to be able to, to describe it. I put no confidence in any of that, and I put all of my confidence in what was done for me. Now, some of you haven't been taught that. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But you cannot sing Jesus paid it all and believe that you have to add something to that. If you believe that you have to add something to Jesus this, I hope you didn't sing that song. The Bible says Jesus paid it all. 
Nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to the cross I cling. How odd it's going to be for me to stand before God one day and talk to him about all the things I have done. How odd. Talk to him about what a good person I have been. I only have one thing to be able to say when I stand before God. I took you at your word when you said you sent your only begotten son. No confidence in the flesh. And all the religions of the world come down to that. People who put confidence in the flesh and people who don't. People who, who, who put confidence in what they can do and people who put confidence in Jesus. People who put confidence in, in, in some ritual or some prayer wheel or, or some kind of, of trip they've got to make to Mecca or, or some type of thing they have to do are people who put confidence in Jesus. All the religions of the world come down to people who put confidence in flesh and people who put confidence in Jesus. You can lump all the other religions in the world into this one category, people who put confidence in the flesh, people who put confidence in what I can do. And you, there's one religion that stands different than all the rest, and it's Christianity. And it says we put confidence in what someone else has done for us. D don't believe in this malarkey about all religions are the same. They're vastly, vastly different. None makes the claims that Christianity makes. None. None make the claims that Jesus made. Muhammad doesn't make the claims that Jesus made. Joseph Smith doesn't make the claim that Jesus made. There's only one that says, I am the way. There's only one that says, uh, before Abraham was, I am. There's only one that says, I and the Father are one. There's only one that made those outrageous, outrageous, radical claims. And because of the person of Jesus Christ, Christianity sets off here all by itself, and all the other religions are lumped into doing something. I got to do something. And this one says something has been done for me. Now don't buy this stuff. They're all the same. Because they're not. They're not. Christianity is radical. Radical. Radically different. Paul says, You put no confidence in flesh, but you know, if any of you have reason to put confidence in flesh, I stand in the front of that line. Paul says, if any of you have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I had more. What's the next thing on the screen? Though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If anyone thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. And then he starts listing his resume. He basically lists his resume here. Next slide. Circumcised on the eighth day. Just like a good little Jew should have done. People of Israel, God's chosen people. God's chosen people of the tribe of Benjamin. Tribe of Benjamin. People from the tribe of Benjamin got the most precious land, the land that we know now as Jerusalem. The tribe of Benjamin. From, from the tribe of Benjamin came the, first, came, the, came the first king of Israel, King Saul. And I wonder if Saul, before he became Paul, was named after Saul, King Saul. He was a tribe of Benjamin. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He spoke the language. He ate the foods. He didn't eat what he wasn't supposed to eat. He, was, he lived the culture. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. And then he starts talking about choices that he made. He says, in regard to the law, I was a Pharisee. I lived a good life. I lived a good life. As for zeal, I persecuted the church. 
I was sincere. There are a lot of people who are sincere. Sincerity doesn't get you to heaven. I can be sincerely wrong. Friends, we believe in truth. There is truth in this world. This whole world operates on truth. If two plus two does not equal four, this whole world collapses tomorrow. It literally does. We have no monetary system if two plus two does not equal four. Because I go buy a gallon of milk for $3, and I hand them a $5 bill, and one person gives me back $1, one person gives me back $10, one person gives me back a penny. We fall apart without truth. If two plus two did not equal four, and you... you, you you, you didn't have some sense of measurement of things. How could you ever build any kind of building? How could you, how could you ever know what a two-by-four was? Because a foot for some person is 12 inches, a foot for someone else is 14 inches, a foot for someone else is 3 inches. Without truth, without absolute truth, the world literally crumbles. It literally crumbles. But we don't want absolute truth in the spiritual realm. We just want to be sincere. Paul says, as for zeal, man, I was sincere. But he came to a time where he realized he was sincerely wrong. As for legalistic righteousness, I was faultless. Here's my resume. Here's my resume. Here's all the reasons I put confidence in the flesh. And he says, you all want to put confidence in the flesh? He says, I have more reasons than you do. Next slide. But for that, so, so Paul now becomes an accountant. And he says, for whatever was to my profit, look, all this was on my profit side of my ledger right here. Whatever was to my profit, I now consider it loss. And both of those terms that he used in the Greek are, are counting business terms. Whatever was to my profit here, I now consider it loss. I move it all on this other side of the category. And why do I consider loss? I consider it loss for the sake of Christ. I consider it loss for the sake of Christ. Next slide. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. Paul says, I chose Christ. I chose to let all those other things go. I chose to let the fact that I was a Hebrew of Hebrews circumcised on the eighth day. I chose to let all that go, all that pride I had in my birth, all that pride I had in who I was a, 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 of a, a, a true Hebrew, all that pride I had in the fact I was a Pharisee. I let all that go, and I had to let all that go to choose Christ because I can't choose Christ and bring all this other baggage along with me. I can't be able to say Jesus paid it all and bring all this other stuff with me just in case this is not enough over here. Paul says, I consider all that loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whose sake I have lost all things and I consider them scubalon dung human excrement I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ wow what a what a what a radical message. What, what, what a radical message. No wonder people don't believe it. 
Paul says, will you choose Christ? Will you, you stop choosing all those other things that you can put your hope and weight in? I'm glad, that, I'm glad you're a good person. Praise God. You know what? Heaven's not going to be full of good people. Do you know that? Heaven's going to be full of people who've chosen Jesus. It'll be full of good people. People that think it's, it's, it's for good people are comparing themselves to other people. And you know what? When you compare yourself to someone else, you probably are a good person. I, 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 I'm, I'm a pretty good tennis player, and when I compare myself to, to a lot of other tennis players, I, I'm, I'm a pretty good tennis player. But last Sunday afternoon, I watched a tennis match on TV between the number one and the two tennis players in the world. I didn't even understand the game that they were playing. <laughs> I was not familiar with that game at all. When I look at the person of Christ, I'm not familiar with that life at all. I look at you, I'm a pretty good person. You look at me, you're a pretty good person. This smacks right at our pride. Right at it. Lost all things. And I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. What's the next slide say? And be found... In him. In him. Not close to him. In him. In him. I'm so immersed in him. I'm wrapped up in him. I'm, 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 I'm in him. I'm in him. He later says, I'm hidden with Christ in God. I'm in him. I'm not just close to him. I'm not just beside him. I'm in him. I'm in him. Be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. Next slide. I want to know Christ. The power of his resurrection, the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his deaths. And last slide. And so somehow to attain. <laughs> somehow, Paul said. <laughs> somehow to attain to the resurrection of the dead. The Apostle Paul tells me and he tells you, I don't know what you were counting on. I don't know what you're putting your hope on. But he says, I implore you to choose Christ. I implore you to put your hope and faith in nothing else. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with being a good person. There's nothing wrong with doing all those good things that a Christian does. There's nothing wrong. But let me tell you, if that's where your hope is, it will damn you to hell. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood. And, it's right. and somehow, when that truly happens to me, my life changes. My life changes. As we finish our message on choices, as a pastor, I, I'm, I'm, I'm begging you, I'm imploring you, I'm imploring you to choose Christ. Don't choose your goodness. No matter how good you are, and you're probably a really good person, don't choose that. 
Don't, don't choose the fact that you've been in church all your life. Don't choose the fact that you're raised in a Christian home, that your mom and daddy were Christians, that you've been raised around Christianity all your life. You come, every time the doors are open, you're, that's well and good and praise God. Choose Christ. Choose Christ. Because when you come to die, and I've been around the deathbed of many people, when you come to die, there's never a one of them that I've heard talk about what a good person they were. But I've heard many that have reached up to Jesus. My grandfather, Papal Collins, was in Trinity United Methodist Church all his life. Very quiet man. You never heard a lot about him. Not the kind of guy that would stand up and testify. Not the, you know, not the kind of guy that would even uh, be the one that prayed before family meals. Good, good guy. Good guy. Honest guy. And when he was breathing his last and we were all around him and we knew the end was coming and some of you have been there and the toes are turning blue. That's the first thing that you notice and the blood starts to circulate we're all around him. And dad leaned down to his father-in-law who he called Mr. Collins to the day he died. He said, Mr. Collins, just trust Jesus. And Papa, in a little very feeble hand, said, all is forgiven. He didn't say, did you see those Sunday school pins I got? And he had a lot of them. He had a lot of them. I, I, was, I was a steward at the church. I was a trustee. He held a little feeble hand, and he says, all is forgiven. Chose Christ. Have you done that? really done that really done that would you bow with me please right now in the quietness of this moment I'd ask you, with your, with your heads bowed and with your eyes closed, um, there's someone in here that has never chosen Christ. Never chosen Christ. You might have been in church all your life, but you've never chosen. I'd ask you to stand right where you are right now. Choosing him right now. Today, choosing the person of Jesus Christ. Everything I count as loss. Everything I count as loss. Father God, I pray that all of us here will leave this place today we'll leave this place today with nothing on the prophet side of our leisure other than the man Jesus. And Father, if we've got to work through all this in our minds, I pray that you would be the hound of heaven to be able to show us that, that we can never be good enough, we can never give enough money, we can never go to church enough, we can never forgive enough, 
We can never do enough. We can only believe enough. So I pray for every single one of us, myself included, that we'll leave this place today and we would have chosen your son, Jesus Christ, and are absolutely, absolutely have no other hope. I pray that's the gospel that we believe. You may want to talk to him about choosing Christ. Would you do that right now, please? Father, that you have shown us the way. Thank you, Father, that we don't have to guess on the way. Thank you that you have shown us and pointed us to the way, the truth, and the life of your Son, Jesus. And it's in his name we trust, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Dave Beam is going to come and, and be able to close our service out with the a word to you and also uh, in prayer as well. Dave.